oh start video there we go like nice hi i'm the one expressing is christine <laughs> thanks awesome. for bringing me on um for coming on so i'll be really quick because i know that we're kind of short on time but um i'm actually on module number i just finished module five and i think that you're going to address this in module seven but um i had this question last week and i thought well maybe you can address it now, but um, it has to do with the control, the third belief of ego. And um, so I wrote, I wrote it down because I figured I'd be nervous. So I'd probably forget exactly how to ask the question. I love but, it. Um, okay, so <laughs> well, I am kind of prepared. Um, so it says I, I wrote down my mind has a difficult time understanding non doership. And it's specifically when it comes to my career. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm blocking the video. Um, so I, in this life, play the character of being a pilot. And um, oh, very it's, cool. it's, you know, and not only am I a pilot, like I am a, was an airline pilot for eight years, and then I train airline pilots, and now I'm a corporate pilot. So I've been a pilot for 21 years, and my husband is a pilot. We met in flight school and all these things. But, um, you know, even as far as me being an instructor, airline pilot, it's always been that, like, I'm in control of the outcome of the flight, and, like, I'm training in pilots aeronautical decision making you know all these type of things that were and that's part of the reason why i'm so passionate about what we do because i'm responsible and for all these people's lives who are in my hands and that's really what is the coolest thing about being a pilot of course i love flying around the sky and the clouds and i mean it's really neat but um it's it's really difficult for me to kind of disengage from that role that i play and in other aspects of life, I don't have as much of a problem with letting go of control, but being a pilot, it's like, we are in control. Like I'm pressing the switches. I'm, I am I need to make sure that I get us here safely. So it's a really difficult thing for me to kind of uh, understand the non-doership in that. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you have any kind of advice on that or how? Um, and also, I also wrote here how to disidentify from something that you have worked so hard for and love so much. Like, you know, the journey has been so long and such an awesome, wonderful, rewarding journey. And I love what I do. And but yet, you know, like to say, oh, I'm not doing anything like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, am I making sense? Of course. Yes. Okay. Let's deal with the second question first, actually. Okay. Um, she said, how do I disidentify from something that I love, that I've worked so hard for? Right. Um, my question would be, why do you have to identify with it? Why isn't it enough to just love it? That's perfect. That's exactly, that was part of the question. I'm like, well, I know that it's just that the ego wants the identities, you know, right. and so. It's yes. just, it's so difficult to not identify with being a pilot. Like, I don't know. It's like one of the hats that I wear. I know they're all just roles and hats that I play. Like I'm a mother, I'm a pilot. I'm actually a fitness instructor too. Like all this kind of stuff, but to say, well, that's not really who I am. I know it's not really who I am, but it's very difficult to right. disidentify. Yeah. Well, you know, think about what does it add to you to have an identity? What does it actually add? 
Well, doesn't that give you the, um, the, uh, that you can lack? Because like you talked about that in that video of you being the strongest one in the gym. And then, it. so it's like, if I lose my medical, that's why health is so important to pilots because, you know, if I lose my medical, then I can't be a pilot. So then who am I, you know? And so it's like, that's the lacking and the attachment, uh, right? Got it. You can only feel like you're lacking something if you first have an identity. So that's why ego wants you to have lots of identities because then it can introduce a lot of lack. I know. Yeah. With, with no identity, what is there? Who is there to lack something? Like you can't make me feel like I'm lacking being a pilot. You know, I've never flown <laughs> a plane. I have no identity as being a pilot. So I feel no sense of lack. But if you lost your pilot license, woof, lots of lack would be introduced in your mind. For sure. So that's the only difference of what it adds to you is suffering. So how do you take that away? Like, what's the best way to dis to, I don't know. The only way is the constant awareness of it. And okay. that's why we use the emotions to be our constant awareness. Because emotions will never let a, a negative thought slip by without notifying you of it. Every time you think anything about lacking or any of that, you're going to feel some kind of sad, sadness or grief. Anytime there's an attachment, you're going to feel some frustration or anger. Anytime you think you're in control, you're going to feel some stress. It's that easy. Yeah, for sure. The stress was like when I was an airline pilot, I flew for Delta for eight years. Oh my gosh, like, you know, the knots in my shoulders. I had to get massages all the time. It was a lot of responsibility, therefore a lot of stress. So yeah. I- Think about the burden you're placing on consciousness in that moment to think I am in control. I have responsibility of this entire plane, all these lives and all their families that would be sad if I crashed this plane. Whoa, what a burden you just put on yourself. And then do you think that makes you a better pilot? I probably not. You know what the crazy thing is? This is so crazy because I wrote this down too. I've had, you know, about like seven or eight different emergencies, some of them as big as an engine fire up at altitude and things like that. But in those moments when I've had those, it was the weirdest thing. It's like, it's almost like it wasn't me doing the things that needed to be done in the cockpit. It was like there was a higher power that came over me and I just did exactly what needed to be done to get us safely, you know, whether it be a sea fit, which was a controlled flight into terrain. And we got really close to the mountains one night in Charleston, West Virginia, or engine fire. It's like a higher power comes over me. So I innately know that, you know, that it's, it's kind of not me, but yet it is me. Like, I, I don't know, you know? Christine, you just answered your own question. Is it just, the higher self? Well, you just said it. You said it was like almost like something that's not me took over. Yeah. Well, what if it's the opposite? What if that is the real you and the self that wants to take over all the time and be in control is the not self? You're just wrongly identified, right? That's so true. That's so true. Think about it this way. When you're not worrying and stressing about being in control of the flight and all these people and I'm responsible, when those thoughts are absolutely nowhere and you're just in love flying the plane, where is that self? It only exists as a thought, right? There, there's no such thing as the ego apart from a thought. It's always thought. It's always a mind activity. When the right. mind is silent, ego is nowhere to be found. Right. So what's there when ego isn't there? That's your real self. That self doesn't come or go. It's always the background. 
but we have to cultivate the awareness of that self in order to be in that state all the time and not let the autopilot ego mind take over with stress and control and fear and all of that. So if you try and imagine what would happen if that thought, I'm in control of this flight and all these people, well, keep turning that up. Just let that burden increase. Eventually, you're going to be in a, a fetal position, sweating and shaking from anxiety and panic, and your pilot, co-pilot is going to be like, snap out of it, Christine. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that thought definitely doesn't lead anywhere good. Right. So I guess just learning to let go. That is my number one catalyst is that surrender mindset, like learning to let go, because I think I'm so... Uh, you know, my husband, and I, I talk about this a lot, like, you know, pilots are by nature control freaks. So it's like mm. this control freak, like just trying to learning to just know that ultimately, it's all going to happen just as it's meant to happen, whether the flight lands safely, or we fly into the mountain, right? I mean, hopefully, yes. it's, uh, right? Well, here's how you can see Christine, just how little control the person Christine who's worried about control that actually has. Think about in the moment of flying a plane, there's a, there's a presupposition that you're in control. Yes, there's a feeling like I'm in control, but let's investigate that feeling and see if it holds up. Let's look at all the things that the person, Christine, the pilot, isn't in control of. Um, if Christine's heart decides to have a heart attack, can Christine, the pilot, fly the plane safely anymore? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> if, if literally yeah. any of your bodily functions were to disappear in that moment, there's no more pilot Christine who's in control. So is the pilot Christine in control? Because there's about 5 billion things happening underneath your skin that you have absolutely no control over. In addition to the infinite things happening outside of your skin, like the environment, the weather, the another weather, plane yeah. could fly right. into your plane. Like you're never actually in control. That's totally insane. I guess it's like the decision making, you know, because like we train like aeronautical decision making, like making the right decision in the moment. But I guess ultimately you're not doing that either. Yes, because who makes that decision? You know, you were taught, you were conditioned. This is what a good pilot would do in this situation. Right. This is the wrong decision. So your brain right. remembers it. So when that moment happens, a, a neuron fires in the brain. Yes. That's so, so true. That's so true. Okay, you're exactly right. Yeah, it is conditioning arising to meet circumstance, just like what you said. Yeah, in the video. It. A plus, Christine. Let's get Christina <laughs> for that one. Yay! <laughs> I've been taking notes on all the videos too. Conditioning so. arises to meet circumstance. Okay. That's, that's the only okay. doer that there is, really. Okay, so I guess that makes sense when I'm training pilots too, because you know, that's still what I do on the side also is train them is just to train them to have the correct conditioning to meet the circumstance because that's okay. That's Bingo. so helpful. Thank you so much, Aaron. That's really helpful because that, that was the main thing I've been struggling with was in other areas of my life, I can see how I'm not in control. But in that particular area, I feel like I'm in yes. control, you yes. know. So, and that's what the mind will keep doing to you outside of the pilot. There's going to be other circumstances in your life. It happens all day, every day, really, where the mind is fooling you into thinking that you, the individual self are in control of this moment. And if you make a bad decision, I'm going to make you feel real guilty. 
So it's up to you to get really familiar with that smell, that voice, the way it sounds, and question it over and over and over until you question it into death, until that okay. voice cannot arise in you anymore. You have okay. to squash the potential for that voice, the doer, to speak any longer by ridiculing it, investigating it, and questioning it over and over again. And the best part of the system is that you don't have to like be on nervous watch of thoughts all the time. Just live life. And the moment you feel contracted, what am I feeling right now? Some stress? Well, then there must be a belief in control in place. Where's the belief? You just look for it. There it is. Is that the emotional, the emotional guidance system, like you yes. said. Yeah. Yeah. It makes okay. it so simple. You just pay attention to how you feel and then question the thought that's making you feel that way. I'm in control of this flight. If I mess up, everyone dies. Am I really in control? Am I beating my heart? Am I breathing my lungs? Am I circulating my blood? Am I making the weather happen? You know, there's a million it's, variables that I'm not controlling, but in my arrogance, ego says, you're the doer. It's such an illusion, the control, yes. <laughs> you know? That is, now it's like so clear when you say it that way. It's such an illusion. Just like you said, like the moon shining, it's just an illusion that you yeah. believe in. So I have to just stop believing in the illusion. You got it. It, it appears to be true, right? Right. Nobody would, nobody right. would say the moon right. isn't shining right now. Right. But when we really ask, well, how does the moon shine? Is there a flashlight inside of it that's like beaming? Like, where's the light? And we go, oh, it's the reflection of the sun. Oh, there isn't actually moonlight. What a clever trick the universe just played. That's the doer, right? It definitely feels real. and No one's saying it doesn't. There will be a feeling that you're the doer. But if you want to overcome the consequences of being the doer, you have to investigate that belief over and over again until it's over. Okay, hopefully it won't be too much longer. I feel like it's going to be like <laughs> my whole life. Investigate, investigate. You but, know what? It, honestly, Christine, it happens completely automatically and effortlessly. Once you're just in the mode of like, I want to be free. I know this belief is, is false and I don't want to be in bondage to it. You'll just notice yourself questioning it all the time, seeing it everywhere and going, ha, there it is again. Not going to get me there. And then all of a sudden, a few years later, you just find you're living in such peace and you go, when did that belief disappear? Oh, that's wonderful. Like that's that seek and ye shall find, right? Right. So and when desire is there, seeking yep. is there. Well, the desire is there. So I'm I'm ready to overcome the doer. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for everything that, that you do, Aaron. I love the 4D University. I'm super excited about it all. And I'm learning so much and just growing and it's wonderful. I, I, at first I was like, oh, I'm meditating for 20 minutes every morning, but now I actually look <laughs> forward to it. So ah, I know. love it. Music to my ears. It's so wonderful. I'm like, yes, let's go meditate. I never thought it'd get to that, but it does. So well, I'm very blessed to hear that. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'll let you go to somebody else. Thank you so much. Much love to you. Much love. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. A pilot, how cool is that? We have a pilot in 4DU. <laughs> hey everyone, thank you for watching today's video. I hope that you were truly blessed by it. And I wanted to let you know that I'm really excited to now be partnering with an amazing conscious supplement company called Organifi. A lot of you know that I'm also passionate about holistic health and nutrition. 
and Organifi has been a staple in my daily health routine for a very long time. They make the most delicious, organic, and high-quality superfood products that I've ever come across. And as you know, a healthy body is a great benefit for spiritual growth because the health of your body directly translates to the health of your mind. Everything is connected. So feeding your body with high vibrational superfoods straight from the earth is one of the best ways to create that environment for a healthy mind. But getting all the superfoods that your body needs in one day can admittedly be a little bit tough. And that is where Organifi can add a ton of value to your life. I personally start every day off with green, which is Organifi's really delicious blend of 11 superfoods like ashwagandha, chlorella, and moringa. And then in the middle of the day, I'll usually have a scoop of red, which is a delicious energy blend full of 13 adaptogens and antioxidants from berries to recharge your mind and body with a delicious blend of organic superfoods. Your body is an amazing organic machine, but it needs the right fuel and signals to function at its best. And red is full of adaptogens sourced from organic herbs and medicinal mushrooms. And these are compounds that balance hormones, prime your energy pathways, and alleviate stress. So instead of crushing your adrenal system with huge doses of caffeine every day, adaptogens work with your body and give you natural, sustained energy all throughout the day. What's most important to me though about Organifi is the way that they go above and beyond to ensure the cleanest and purest ingredients in all of their products. They are USDA certified organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, certified glyphosate-free, and absolutely zero fillers. So I never go anywhere without Organifi and I never miss a day without taking it. And Organifi is offering a super generous discount of 20% off of your entire order when you use the coupon code ABKEY at checkout. So if you wanna upgrade your health regimen with Organifi, you can click on the link in the description box below to learn more about all the amazing products that they offer. And I promise you that your mind and your body are gonna thank you for it.